radio? Yes, talk radio. So boring, man. Okay. I feel a change in the weather. I feel a change in me. The days are getting shorter and the birds begin to leave. Even me, yes, yes, y'all, who has been so long alone. I'm headed home. Headed home. For Sunday, May 17th, 2020, it's the least up. Uh, quarantine, hockey, cities burning to the ground, and everybody running for your lives podcast. Really, like, James Cole. Really, really interesting joke to make, too, considering, like, um, we live in a city where there's, like, a forest fire, like, not that far away, and this episode doesn't get released for a few days, so, like, that that could be a really sensitive joke by the time people hear it. Uh, I'm Brute Spataglia from the north side. I don't particularly find cities burning to the ground all that funny. And with us today, we have... Oh, I am Mike Wern. Uh, good friend of the show, long-time friend. There it is. Usually long- here for the Oscars, but... Long-time, uh, fifth time. Fifth time like uh, appearance, uh, losing count now, which is good. Uh, yeah, from Wawa and Thunder Bay. So happy to be here again, boys. So so you, you may be um, the guest that leads the podcast in terms of trivia, because there's a lot of like neat tidbits about your history with the podcast. Um you're one of, I think, our only guests that has a lost episode, an episode oh, that we recorded yeah. with you that is <laughs> it's just in the gone. locker. <laughs> it's just yeah, it's like yeah. <laughs> completely wiped from the face of the earth. That's gone forever. It was a good uh, conversation, anyway. You're also someone who, like, technically has only appeared on, I believe, this is your third official appearance. But you have an unofficial appearance having been in the background. You have an unofficial <laughs> appearance having given us a soundbite for our 69th episode. And you are a yeah. frequent appearance on the intro because we use your Mamma Mia clip. Uh, so, like, in reality, you've appeared on, like, 20 episodes, really. That's men. And then I we mention you. we mention you most other episodes. So it's like, you're kind of with us every step of the way anyway, you know? Yeah, I'm on, like, your, uh, your spirit, your spirit animal, your spirit Mike Wern. You're with your our spirit Mike Wern. Yes, <laughs> everyone needs a spirit Mike Wern. Sorry, sorry, uh, sorry to break that to you guys, but I'm here. Please tweet us and let us know who your spirit Mike Wern is at home. <laughs> yeah, what what your podcast's uh, equivalent of uh, of spirit Mike Wern is because we know everyone has a podcast. Yeah. Uh, Mike, how's your quarantine going? Quarant- quarantine's not bad. Um, yeah, you seem pretty busy. I, I'm a little. It's strange. It's strange. I, I'm more busy in certain ways than I was before the quarantine started. Now, folks, before you get mad, it's it's not what you think. Okay, it's just I'm doing a lot of home workouts, just going um, to parties. Yeah. Um, yeah, living living life to the fullest inside of a Orgies. house and a backyard. Um, yeah, that's that's really it. I don't know. I was uh, I was up for a drive. I like I like to go. The the wife and I would like to go for drives. Oh yeah, you know to kill some time. You know, toss some tunes on. Environmentally friendly little... as well. Exactly, yeah. exactly. Aww. You know, the gas is cheap. Take advantage. <laughs> um, I'd be <laughs> lying if I said to you gas. that we didn't. Uh, we weren't driving home one day. And we'd done like a little tour of, of the Roslyn area. And she says to me, let's drive down Mike Street and see if Tank's out for a walk. <laughs> like as if we're going to see Tank 
on the one tank is Mike's dog. I should add. Yeah, he doesn't yeah. own a tank. That's Mike. Like yeah, it's house, not like so, a World so, War yeah. Two uh, Hauser tank or whatever the fuck. They're yeah, called. Fire, fire up the Panzer, take it for yeah. a roll down the street. Right? <laughs> Patrol the neighborhood. Nah, it's just yeah. my giant fucking dog. It is worth noting for those who don't know Mike's dog too that Tank does frequently like to take uh, his own walks. Um, yeah. He does, he, sk- he decides when he's going. He's got a lot uh, of girlfriends I, down the road. He he has to go yeah. make his rounds. Yeah. I I did dog sit and uh, it was an adventure for sure. <laughs> it's a dead end road, you know. He can't get into too much trouble. No, I wasn't too worried about it. Yeah. Guys are free spirit. My, my favorite though was eleven thirty on Christmas Eve, just taking off and fucking making my my evening real interesting. Despite me being like full as fuck, it's time for him to just <laughs> gallivant for about forty five minutes. That was fun. Yeah, he's like, see ya. You want to burn off that dinner here, brutes? Come on. Yeah, yeah, and like uh, like you said though, like I'm not worried about it. I'm just slowly walking like a safe distance behind him. But it was just like, uh, you know, come on. <laughs> yeah. I didn't grab a sweater. Like it's time to go back in. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, it's classic tank, man. So, did you guys end up coming down Victor Street? Did you catch a glimpse, or no? We went, and as I predicted, the odds of that happening at the same <laughs> same time were very slim. <laughs> did you have dog treats just in case or anything? Or... No, <laughs> no, we were wildly unprepared. I don't really know what her. I like. I don't know. It's like if if we would have caught you with the dog, it was like what what was the plan? <laughs> Just wave ah. at you from like the road, or <laughs> yeah, hey, Mike. Uh, she didn't really think it through. <laughs> well, you can you yeah. can yell from a few feet away. That's yeah. fine, I guess. Yeah. Why not get Tank all worked up? You know, oh yeah, jumping around like a little puppy. Yeah, uh, this is a uh, like our final bracket episode for now. Oh, for well, for now, yeah, till next March Madness season. So next month, <laughs> yeah, or um, until we run out of bonus episodes this quarantine, which could happen. Also true. Uh, this is our um, film character portrayal bracket, uh, where we're going to take a bunch of very well-known and, and notable uh, characters from from movie and uh, uh, cinema fame, and uh, we're going to break them down and figure who the who the best character is. Not not the best actor. I think we've done actor stuff in the past, but we're looking for uh, for characters. So. Um, I don't know if we have any animated characters here, but I, I guess that is an option as well. Like it's it's not again. This isn't the actor. This is the the, the character in the film. Uh, we've got it split up into uh, leading males, supporting males, and and vice versa for the women, leading women, and supporting women. And we're gonna get it down. We're gonna have uh, a showdown in the finals and 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 see who comes out on top. And um... now there's a very very important rule you need to understand before we go any further into this episode. This is best original character. So this is not a character that's based on a real life person. Uh, if they are Ooh, based true. on a real life person, it's very loosely not to... Like, different name, it's got to have a different name. Um, you know, so so it's okay to sit here and say... Um, for example, like, like Peter Brandt in Moneyball, Jonah Hill's character, would qualify. Because even though it is based on a real person, the the... Who that person is and how much they are like that character is very debatable, right? Um, so yeah, like they're you can't really trace that one back. So like that would have qualified, but Jonah Hill in Wolf of Wall Street would not qualify because that is a real person. Albeit, I don't imagine he's as eccentric as Jonah Hill in that movie. But maybe he, <laughs> he is. is. I don't he know. is awesome in that movie. 
Oh. He's great. He's great. So that would have qualified great, too. Great. Yeah, good great point. Like I I can't wait to find out that Dr. King Schultz was like an actual person yeah. <laughs> in the eighteen. There there is and... no doubt someone in yeah. here. Like I, I'm pretty sure Indiana Jones is a real guy, but uh, <laughs> Right. Ima- imagine. Yeah. Uh, well I, I wouldn't say no. Like I I'd be down, but oh, probably not for the best. Um I don't imagine real life Indiana Jones is moving all as well as he did back in the day anyway, so Oh, the, oh, that's for sure. The thirty-year-old at the time World War II veteran Indiana Jones. Yeah, I don't. I don't imagine he's holding <laughs> yeah. up too well. Harrison Ford used to be in incredible shape. Yeah, I mean, I guess the fact that he's still making action movies. No, he's still good. Kind of impressive. He's still good. Who, who, who's better at being like that kind of an actor? Is it? It would like. Do you guys prefer Harrison Ford or Tommy Lee Jones? Because they're very similar, like type of lane. Right, where they just kind of play the same character every time, but it's like it's awesome, it's still awesome. But yeah. It's kind of the same guy, right? Yeah, who, I'm, like, I'm who, a Harrison who, who's Ford better? guy for sure. Yeah, I mean, I, I love me some Tommy Lee Jones, but you know, I Harrison would, Ford's I would like the classics. I'd like to see Harrison Ford do a little bit more, like Tommy Lee Jones esque roles in movies. Like, you know what I mean? He's kind of he doesn't yeah. really do that much anymore. No, what's that? What's that one Tommy Lee Jones does with the the cheerleaders? What is it Man of the House? Man of the House. Yeah, let's get yep. some Harrison Ford and some Man Ooh, of the House type of roles baby. here. Man, <laughs> Man, Man of the House probably the worst, or sorry, the best <laughs> bad comedy ever made. Yeah, it's it's a really fucking bad movie, but it's it's pretty funny. And the fact that Tommy Lee Jones is is the the leading character that's fucking hilarious. Cedric the Entertainer's the priest. <laughs> Where's your happy face? This is my happy face. He's just all miserable. Yeah. I don't think his character is going to make an appearance in this particular bracket, uh, but uh, never know. I won't. I won't spoil anything. Now, Man of the House, not to be confused with the 1995 film Man of the House, starring Chevy Chase and Jonathan Taylor Thomas. Um, different oh. film. Didn't know that. Yeah, just so we know. Same idea, or no? Very, very different. <laughs> very different. Jonathan Taylor Thomas is like uh, is literally the man of the house, and then Chevy Chase has to like answer to him. It's not good. Good. Good huh. cast in the in the 2005 one though, like Tommy Lee Jones, Cedric the Entertainer, Christina Milian, uh, Shea Wiggum is in it. Arlie Ermey's in it. Um, a very uh, relevant in 2005 cast, maybe not as relevant now, but yeah. <laughs> I like the idea of Chevy Chase being some sort of. Texas cop protecting <laughs> cheerleaders in house yeah. in, in what way could that have possibly if worked? Chevy Chase had a bunch of cheerleaders that had to stay with him, it would have been a vastly different movie from <laughs> that would yeah, that true. goes a completely Van, different way. Van Wilder presents yeah. Um, <laughs> National Lampoon's Man of the House, and it's just Chevy Chase and a bunch of cheerleaders, bunch of hot chicks, yeah. Um, where, where do you guys want to start with this one? Is it uh, just conventional to stick where we are with the top left, or do you guys nah, want to start with the ladies? Let's get ladies interesting. First, yeah, let's do or... lead female. Let's do la- ladies, ladies first. first. Lady... Exactly. The... Ah, said chivalry, chivalry no. isn't dead. Exactly. Okay. Well, I guess with that, we'll uh, get things kicked off here. Um, 
uh, unless Mike, you have any questions, I, I guess. Uh, um, it, it's a bracket. You no, know, just we're just gonna vote. More of a caveat. Uh, me being me, there are some movies on here I haven't seen, and some characters I don't know. So that'll just be uh, little wrenches to be thrown into the bracket, as per usual. I can't wait for uh, me to go one way, Bridge to go the other way, and it comes down to Mike, who hasn't seen the yeah. film. So, <laughs> so. Got to have a little bit well, of a uh, little bit of chance in every bracket, you know. Guess I guess he's a he's a four seed for a reason, so I guess I'll go with that. <laughs> exactly. Uh-huh. You could be like Rod though, and just vote for the upsets just to see what happens. That would be cool. Yeah, there were a few yeah, instances could, for sure where Rod just is like, you know what, I'm going to make it interesting. I want to hear what uh, what Brutes has to say, and then he'll vote the opposite way as James. I I I don't know if you've listened to that episode yet, Mike, but uh, through that no, whole yet. that whole two episode event, I am the swing vote for 95 percent of that. What I say goes. <laughs> I pretty much filled out that bracket. To be oh honest. shit, eh? Yeah, yeah. I, I usually do. I usually pass it off to you when I'm torn. I'm like, eh, fuck, I don't know. I'll let you decide. <laughs> I can't wait. (laughs) (laughs) Or I'll pass it off to James. Um, Who knows? We'll we'll see how it goes. True. Yeah. Well, uh, uh, up first, we got an interesting one here. We've got uh, Francis McDormand versus Francis McDormand. Oh, I love it. Um, uh, In the one seed, uh, her portrayal of Marge Gunderson from Fargo. uh, And in the 16 seed, her portrayal of Mildred Hayes from Three Billboards Outside Ebbing, Missouri. Banger. Um, Mike, as the guest, I will... uh, allow you to kick things off for us well fuck talk about talk about francis mcdormand here she is unreal man <laughs> i love this chick but uh yeah she's a complete badass in in uh three billboards and same with fargo i mean honestly but uh more of a classic role in fargo and kind of how everyone knows her is from, at least how i know her is from that role and that's how i picture but uh yeah no i, I like the old uh old-timey sheriff or whatever deputy or whatever she was in Fargo I can't really remember but uh yeah I know I, I liked her in Fargo uh that's probably what I'm gonna go with even though she was a complete badass in three boards outside of uh Ebbing Missouri Ebbing Missouri a real place or is that fictional yeah, no one really knows what these small town states you know I, I, I never know. yeah I never, I never make really looked up. it up yeah Probably real. Interesting. Maybe. Probably. I don't know. <clears throat> okay, we got uh, we got one for Fargo. Um, I'll just make it interesting. I I prefer her in Three Billboards. I, th- I think the the character is slightly more interesting. Uh, overall, like I, I like the the whole redemption arc about this uh, vengeful, um, you know, taking taking storm of the town and and taking matters into your own hands type of narrative um, more so than I, I did uh, the character in, in Fargo. Uh, that's not to say the Fargo character is not is not great, um, but uh, that's just kind of where I come down on it. So, Mildred Hayes for me. Nice. Um, yeah, I mean, my, my only issue when we're comparing the two characters is that um, uh, although I would say Francis McDormand is the best part about Fargo, it's still a very good movie. Whereas, um, perhaps a hot take for the two of you, but I, I know, uh, the internet kind of seems to feel this way though, is that, um, uh, Francis McDormand sort of holds together, well, the, the acting kind of holds together, uh, three billboards with scotch tape because that movie is, uh, really got some issues to it, I think, but, um, the acting is phenomenal all around. 
Yeah. Uh, and Francis McDormand, probably the best performance in there. But, um, yeah, no, it's it's definitely Marge Gunderson for me. It's not even close. Uh, um, I will say this is uh, Mildred Hayes, uh, almost a late cut. And that's why it's 16 seed. So it's kind of neat to see her getting a vote. But, uh, yeah, no, really? it's, it's Marge, it's Marge Gunderson for me. I'll save my, uh, arguments for later. Fair enough. Uh, Woody Harrelson was great in that movie. Same with Sam Rockwell. I Woody Harrelson say. and, and arguably, uh, I, I would say Sam Rockwell is probably the best performance in the movie, even though his character is a giant piece of shit. Oh yeah. He um, probably he the def- great. The defining role for Sam Rockwell at this point, I would say, in, in what's already been a really good career, that's the role that I think of first, anyway. Yeah. George Bush, it. not far behind, but... Yeah, that was good. I still haven't watched Moon. Oh, or Moon? Moon, was it? Yeah, Moon. Moon Moon's interesting because Moon is just Sam Rockwell wa- acting circles around Sam Rockwell. <laughs> because it's just like there are two people that appear on screen pretty much the whole movie. And yeah. it's two different versions of Sam Rockwell, so that's men. That's, I'm gonna watch that's that pretty fucking yeah. It's really good. It's really really a good movie. Mint. Up next, we got uh, the eight seed Jackie Brown from the film Jackie Brown, um, uh, going up against Maggie Fitzgerald from Million Dollar Baby, uh, as played by Hilary Swank. Um, it's Jackie Brown for me. I don't know. I'm, I'm sticking there. Uh, Million Dollar Babies. It's a great film. Um, I just, I don't really, we're, we're talking about characters here. It's not about the film. The film does not really matter in the big picture. And I think Jackie Brown is, as a character is, is vastly more interesting than uh, Maggie Fitzgerald is. So. Yeah. Yeah. I'm agreeing with you too. Jackie Brown. She's my chick, man. She's foxy. She's got it going on. And uh, Hillary Swank. Yeah. It did a great job. Sure. The character was, it was pretty interesting. But, um, you know, Jackie Brown, she's, she's so unique and it's a great movie, Tarantino. Like, come on. Yeah. Um, as, as a Tarantino super fan might be interest you to know, I actually probably would have gone Maggie Fitzgerald, but I, uh, definitely no issues with Jackie Brown. Like, uh, she's, she's just badass, man. Like the, it's all you can say about it. Um, yeah. you, you know, like I'll save my argument again for when I guess I got to get there, but <laughs> very fair. Uh, up next, we get the five seed Annie Wilkes um, in Misery, played by Kathy Bates, uh, against Cher Horowitz, Horowitz uh, in Clueless, uh, performed by Alicia Silverstone. I don't recall seeing either of these films. I was just going to say, before you guys vote, I just want to let you know I can't remember either of these two films. <laughs> so, okay, that's interesting. Okay. Well, I'll go first. <laughs> Because I I, uh, I watched Clueless a few nights ago. Uh, I have seen it before, but not in many years. Uh, I've seen Misery many times. I, I I honestly pretty sure I read Misery when I was younger too, but I don't I don't know. Books kind of blend together when you go to school to read books. So um, yeah, no, it's it's I I I, I love Stephen King. And I think uh, Annie Wilkes is probably like one of his best inventions in in many ways. Um, it's the role that defines Kathy Bates's career, which is like, you know, she's an absolute fucking legend, and and this is this is her primary role for sure. 
I, I, I would have to say that if we're talking acting performances that I probably would have gone Annie Wilkes. But in terms of the character itself, I think Cher Horowitz, which uh, if you guys have not seen the film, kind of sets the table for... Like, there's no Mean Girls without Clueless. There, There's no fucking Mean Girls without Clueless. Um, hmm. it, it is maybe one of the first comedies of of its type that I've seen where it has kind of a female lead and a, and a female-centric narrative. Um, and genuinely is just a good movie. Cher, Cher Horowitz is just interesting because the first five minutes you think she's going to be Regina George kind of thing. And, um, as the movie goes on, she, she's kind of a, a character that has comedic flaws, but is really well grounded and rooted in morality in, in a lot of ways, I think too. Um, she kind of knows when to, to ban the straw and when not to is kind of what I'm getting at. So, um, I, I'm going Cher Horowitz cause I think it's one of the most interesting, um, characters ever created in a, in a comedy setting where it's just, um, uh, someone that you can laugh at for being a piece of shit when in reality she's kind of the moral high ground of the movie in a, in a lot of examples too. Uh, plus Alicia Silverstone at the time was fairly attractive, so that helps. <laughs> um, having dug deep, I, uh, I have seen Clueless. Um, not sure why I didn't recognize the film based on the name Paul alone, Rudd, but guys. it's on Netflix currently yeah, if you guys are, exactly. are looking for a movie. Um, I have not seen Misery, so I, I can't really speak to that. Um, I guess by default, then my vote would have to go to Cher Horowitz, and um, the can't really can't really. Fight the argument that. against Annie Wilkes, right, is like in terms of acting performances. Like I said, it's 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 iconic, but the issue is that um, her character is well known for being insane, and the issue for me is that it's an interesting original character. But the problem with the character is that it's hard to, like, establish her actual personality because she's kind of just off... Like, it seems like she's just off her meds the whole movie. It, it, it's kind of fucked. Um, having, like, you know what I mean? It's one of those characters I think the acting propels it to where it is. Otherwise, it might not be where it is. But, um, yeah, like I said, I I, I I did a lot of research into these into these, into this bracket and I read a lot of articles and... Annie Wilkes is a name that comes up very often, and that's why she's a five seed, but I think Cher Horowitz is badass, so I'm going Cher. Nice. Okay. Well, yeah, with, with no evidence to the contrary, yeah, I'll go with Cher Horowitz as well. Uh, up next, we have the four seed Clarice Starling uh, from Sounds of the Lambs, as played by Jodie Foster, against Vivian Ward uh, uh, from Pretty Woman by Julia Roberts. <laughs> Julia Rob Hertz. Um, <laughs> nice. I'll, uh, I'll, if, if Mike, you know what? Mikey didn't get a vote last time. Uh, let's let's see what we have to say about this one. Uh, yeah, so, I mean, I'm going with Clarice Starling. Um, Silence of the Lambs is, like, just a great movie. And and her character is, is pretty uh, integral to the, the unrolling of the events and how she uh, interacts with um, Hannibal. It's I don't know I just loved it she she killed it and I haven't seen Pretty Woman in a long time so I don't really remember the character so I'm going I'm going with uh, Clarice Starling yeah I'm I'm gonna go with um, I'm gonna go with Julia Roberts um, I'm not a particularly big fan of Julia Roberts work but uh, the role has got to be 
very unique in its in its essence, given the fact that you know it's it's not like we have a lot of prostitutes taking on central roles in films these days. Um, I'm pretty sure this is going to lose anyway, so I'll just wrap it up by saying uh, let's let's normalize sex work. You know, let's let's why why shame that? You know, it's it's fine. It's good. My guy. Everyone everyone needs some company now and again. So. Pretty woman for me. Everyone gets sad from time to time. <laughs> <laughs> it is kind of interesting to think about um, how, like, Julia Roberts is portrayed as this, like, uh, in Hollywood anyway, is portrayed as this, like, perfect, well-mannered woman. And, and she seems to always play hookers, which I think is kind of interesting. <laughs> it's an interesting contrast. She's a great actress, um, <clears throat> but there are a lot of things I don't love about a lot of her body of work. And that's, I find, there are many, many movies where I am well aware that I'm watching Julia Roberts play a character. Mm-hmm. Vivian Ward's kind of the closest I think I've ever seen of Julia Roberts' character to, like, sucking me away from being aware that I'm just watching an actress play a role. Uh, it's not to say she's bad, it's just it's she's, a, she's kind of a character actress, a lot of her earlier stuff. Um, much in the way that Harrison Ford is, which I guess we'll save for later. So... You know what I mean? You can still be good at doing the same thing over and over again, but this is one of the only roles where it kind of, you know, it seemed a little bit more individual in a lot of ways. Um, I'm going to go Clarice, though. Um, The reason I'm going to go Clarice over that is just... uh, It's kind of interesting to see the way that this character develops confidence dealing with perhaps the most frightful human being on the planet that was alive at the time in in the movie right like um you know this is the most this is scariest guy in the fucking world and even though there's a pane of glass separating you from i've seen the movie probably 20 times every single time she first goes into that prison i think he's gonna get through that glass like i (laughs) think something's gonna happen i know nothing happens i know what happens in that movie i know every fucking scene most of the lines but at no point watching that over and over again. Like, I, I think it's just a performance that kind of gets lost because of how good Anthony Hopkins is in the movie. And mm. the character itself, the way that she's able to... And the writing staff and the directors are able to develop it as it goes. Um, I think is really admirable. So, I, it's a movie that, I, when I was really young, I didn't like Jodie Foster when I was, like, not that exposed to her work. And this was kind of the movie that won me over for sure. So... Um, yeah, it's, it's Clarice for me, but again, I don't think this is rare because we've done a lot of brackets. Um, this is the first bracket I think we've done in, in, in the bracket series. I don't know if you're going to hear the words, I don't like this character come out of my mouth though. Like, I think everyone on the list is deserving to be here. There were, there are bands I don't like. There are, this is the one where I think it's, I, Vivian Ward's a great character, but I just prefer Clarice. Mm. Yeah. Um, up next, we got uh, Miranda Priestley from The Devil Wears Prada mm. at six. Goddamn. Uh, as played by Meryl Streep. Goddamn. Uh, up <laughs> against number 11, Ellen Griswold from the National Lampoon's Ugh. Vacation Films, uh, as acted by Beverly D'Angelo. I will note that I did not pay attention to who everyone was facing uh, when <laughs> I made the bracket. Uh, th- this is a Sophie's Choice, <laughs> if I've ever had one. <laughs> Uh, look, I'll start it off. I don't think I've started one off yet. I'll, I'll just get it out of the way. Um, I, well, fuck, do I have an answer, though? <laughs> I, I'm i probably going to go Ellen Griswold. I, 
I don't know. It's really hard to make an argument against Miranda Priestly, though. Like, it, it is very much a, a character that's supposed to be based on a composite of a few real-life people. But obviously, again, Miranda Priestly's not a real person. So, you know, it's an original character. Meryl Streep does what she does with it. And, and it's pretty iconic. Ellen Griswold being the voice of reason to a man that just has Homer <laughs> Simpson levels of unawareness... Like, he's live-action Homer Simpson, is what Clark Griswold is. It's all it is. Yeah. He has the best intentions, but he's an idiot. And so, but just enough but just enough smarts to kind of get along, you know? Um, Ellen Griswold is very much the voice of reason. She has her moments of hilarity. But she's the oh, only yeah. reason why that house has four standing walls. Like, that. that's it. <laughs> and um, her ability to put up with this man who, again, has a kind heart, but he's an idiot... Uh, is just, I think, to be commended. I, I think it's a great character. It, it, it's um, maybe not the first of its kind, but she was like kind of the iconic uh, comedy mom until, until you know, the 90s and 2000s kind of thing. Like, pretty much until Amy Poehler in, in Mean Girls. Like, she's the comedy mom you think of, right? Um, yeah, I, I, I think I can't say enough good things about Ellen Griswold. It's It's a difficult choice, but I'm going with her. Nice, big up, Mikey. Yeah, yeah. This this is an interesting one because you have like two polar opposite characters. Like, I mean, I mean, they're the same in some ways where they they both um, keep Are things female? together in a sense, <laughs> and that. <laughs> but then polar opposites personality wise, like like Miranda Priestly is just a fucking. She's a badass, strong, independent woman. She consistently burns people which i love about the movie like she's a complete savage and then you you have miss griswold there and she's just like you know exactly like you said the comedy mom she's keeping everyone together keeping things from going even more extreme than they already were but um i i'm gonna make this choice a little difficult for james here because uh i'm, I'm choosing miranda Priestley just because uh I, I love watching her, man. I, I, I can't get enough of her. She's such a bitch, but yet she's such a powerful figure. I, I don't know. I love her. Isn't Miranda Priestly the name of a country singer? Uh, Miranda Lambert? Last... You might be thinking yeah. Miranda Lambert and Brad. There's also <laughs> Brad Paisley. I, I don't know. You may be right. confusing a lot of people. <laughs> I probably am. You got like all three the names different start country to blend together artists. after a while. Yeah. <laughs> They're all singing about um, dirt roads and trucks anyways. Exactly. Whiskey yeah. didn't, and didn't Miranda and Priestley and... used to play for the Thunderwolves? No, that's Craig Priestley, James. Oh. Ah. It's all coming <laughs> back to me. Um yeah, it's Ellen Griswold. Um I, I don't know. I, I can't I like I'm I'm with Brutes. I can't really argue against Miranda Priestley. I just prefer Ellen Griswold as a character. Like uh comedy mom. Like I, I more iconic. I can't think, I, I, I can't think of a role before her that was that type of character, right? Like we think of, oh, she's just plays the mom in a comedy film today. And it's like, yeah, that's pretty unoriginal. But at the time that was huge like that. And especially Beverly D'Angelo coming in to do the role as well. Like, like those films would have got real old real quick. If not for, I, I feel Ellen Griswold's presence in, in the entire series because you lose the kids yeah. every time. So you got different kid actors, every film, uh, you got yeah. Clark Griswold making the same, six jokes throughout the entire you know series but then you've got ellen griswold and the fact that they have the same actress come back each time and it works there's only yeah. one 
comedic actress from that time that I can think of that probably could have played that role as well too like that's another thing like it, it, it's really it's a really difficult role I think to play Jane Curtin would be the only other name that comes to mind for me like that's the only other person where it's like straight woman you know like hilarious on SNL she could have done it but you know she wasn't she was still on SNL I guess when that when that first started so um I think the difference for me like just one more note on that matchup is like if you were to pick a random vacation movie and compare it to the devil wears prada i understand completely going the other way because i think one-off watches it's it's not a contest it goes the other way i think is the more you watch the the national lampoons movies the more you come to appreciate ellen griswold um because it's not like she's not funny it's not like she's annoying but the more you become familiar with that dynamic within those four or five movies it's it's you gain an appreciation that you wouldn't have. So I think I would have gone Miranda Priestly if I didn't know as much about the vacation movies, but yeah, yeah it's, fair enough. It's, it's Ellen. Yeah. Spe- speaking of Ellen. Uh, nice. yeah, honestly, like this next matchup, like, uh, number three, Ellen Ripley from the alien. I didn't know this wasn't a real character, like this real person. I thought this was a real, based on a real person. Um, <laughs> Ellen Ripley by Sigourney Weaver from the alien. Yes. Trilogy. Sorry to, oh. sorry to really bur- burst your bubble. Alien, not yeah. a true story. Man, we're going to fact check that. I think got to go back and take a look. Um, up against L Woods from the Legally Blonde series, oh, uh, as played by Reese Witherspoon wow. at 14. What what um, a difference! In... It's Ellen Ripley for me. Um, <laughs> like just such an iconic performance. Uh, the character itself kind of spawned the idea that you know women can be action heroes as well, and uh, and kick fucking leave... ass doing it. Oh too, yeah, right? and yeah. I'll, I'll like, leave it at that. Like that's open opens the wo- opens the door for Sarah Connor, Linda Hamilton, right? Like like so it, it changed movies. Mm-hmm. It's an, it's so easy for me as much as I love El Woods. The problem, like yeah. the reason I had El Woods a lot higher, and the reason why I reseeded everything a few days ago was the more I thought about it, like there's no El Woods without Cher Horowitz. So to me, that's why she's like she kind of has to be higher, is because you know, like without Clu- Clueless changed the game, and so so did Alien, right? Like that that's another thing. Like y- you have to give Ellen Ripley the the nod here. Sigourney Weaver is. Uh, is someone until until I knew how well reviewed she was in the Alien movies, which I don't think I really knew until the last few years. I kind of wondered like, why do people love Sigourney Weaver so much? Because you look at her, you look at her filmography, and it's a lot of that, and then like some other stuff peppered in, but like nothing super iconic until until you realize that she's Ellen Ripley, right? So for me, I had no idea why people like looked at her with such esteem. And now that I'm aware of the Alien movies and I've seen them all and, like, you know what I mean? Uh, yeah, she's one of the most iconic actresses of all time, for sure. Uh, changes the fucking game in a lot of ways. It's Ellen Ripley, for sure. Yeah. Yeah, that's that's make, an easy third for me. Make it a sweep, Mike? That's a sweep, buddy. There it is. Um, okay, up next we've got... Uh, number seven, we've got Lisbeth Salander from the girl with the dragon tattoo played by Rudy Mara up against number 10 uh, Laura Croft uh, from the Laura Croft Tomb Raider films uh, as played by Angelina Jolie Uh, Mike uh, if you would care to kick things off there for us Uh, okay yeah I'll start us off Um, I think I saw Laura Croft when I was like 
I don't know. I want to say maybe 10, 10 or 12 did, or something like that. Did you like play that. the video games? Oh yeah. I played the video games too. Yeah. Go. It was, yeah, Tomb it, Raider was guys. It, it was a fun, it was a fun, uh, raid in those tombs for mm-hmm. sure. But, um, had a good yeah. time. Raiding yeah. Tombs. Yeah. There's lots of good times raiding tombs. Um, yeah. I mean, Elizabeth Salander, she, she's a cool character. She creeps me out a lot and uh, <laughs> but she is a cool character. But, I mean, I'm going with Laura Croft. She was busting in those tombs. She's a complete badass. Uh, I don't know. I love her. That's my vote. Uh, yeah. Laura Croft for myself as well. Um, the female Indiana Jones. There you go. Yeah. That's a good way to put it. That's actually a really good point. Is that, Oh, is that it? That's more or less it, unless you have something to say for the eulogy of Elizabeth Salomon. Oh, big time. <laughs> I, I, I would have gone her, but this is... Uh, this is one of the ones I can definitely stand losing because out of the the female leads, this is the closest one for me. Um, it's Elizabeth Salander just because I prefer those. I prefer I prefer Rooney Mara in that movie to um, to the Lara Croft movies. To, to be honest with you, it's just a movie preference at that point. But I think they're both they're both iconic um, characters for a lot of reasons. I mean, like you know the girl with the dragon tattoo probably not an action movie but it's kind of close if you think about it um Mm. so like in a way she kind of is an action star i think in a lot like i don't know it's very graphic obviously but the scene when she's being assaulted and kind of you know battles her way out of that and and comes back from it and it's i don't know it's it's super it's super cool to watch but uh, a lot of respect for what Angelina Jolie did in this. Um, you know, unfortunately, most of my favorite roles of Angelina Jolie, she's playing real characters, so I can't really put other ones in here, but I, I'm a huge fan of hers. I, I think Angelina Jolie is one of the more underappreciated actresses of our time because she gets looked at as this celebrity figure rather than an actual talented actress. Uh, her and Changeling, I think, is probably one of the best five acting performances of all time. It's fucking crazy. Um, Anyway, to that point, Laura Croft, I guess, yeah, that's fine. (laughs) Well, I hope so. (laughs) Yeah, that's fine. That's yeah. This is like on the logo bracket when I when I lose uh, when I lose the Timberwolves or like the rock the rock band bracket when it was the Hives versus Seether. I'm fine either way with this. This is fine. I'll lose. This is this is fine. (laughs) I can deal with losing this one. Yeah, that's fine. Uh, last up in the uh, first round, we got the bride from the Kill Bill movies. Uh, she actually has a name. I, I found out while yes. I was looking things up. I did not that's, know that. That's the problem is you have to look it up. So. Yeah, <laughs> so she's the bride. Um, played by Uma Thurman, up against uh, Lady Bird or Christine, depending on which character you're uh, referring to her uh, from. Uh, in Lady Bird, uh, as portrayed by Cerise Ronan, uh, Brutes. Uh, Saoirse Ronan. I, yeah, uh, something yeah, Irish. I'm going The Bride, but, uh, again, Lady Bird's fucking hilarious, man. Like, it's a, it's a hilarious character. Um, she's another one kind of similar to Cher Horowitz, where I think, you know, there's a lot of times where, you know, she's the moral high ground in the movie, and, um, because she has to deal with her mother, Sometimes she doesn't make the best decisions, but it all kind of comes back to, you know what I mean? Like her, her being the bigger person, I think in the movie. So 
I have a lot of respect for Lady Bird. I think it's uh, one of the best movies of the last 10 years. But, um, yeah, like, uh, Uma Thurman is an action star to a degree that, you know, not a lot of people are. I mean, like, you know, there are a few other action stars in this part of the bracket that are already gone. And to me, she's a staple. When I think of uh, female action stars, there's not many that I think of over her. Um, yeah, I mean... It's uh, it's the bride for me. Uh, I'll, I'll make it interesting for Mike. I'm going Lady Bird on this one. Um, there's really nothing that I find all that interesting about uh, the Kill Bill movies, um, including the character of the bride. I, I find it's a very stale uh, character. Um, you know, the husband gets killed, and then the vengeance story kind of takes over, and it's just a little too on the nose for my liking and and uh, the performance is fine like i'm not really judging that any by any means but um just the character overall kind of gets lost in me I, uh, in, uh, in that regard I, I i i fear a sense of james going against most tarantino characters because if we're talking about characters being too on the nose oh shit <laughs> this <laughs> this won't be good <laughs> well i mean like there's there's being on the nose and then there's there's being you know creative with it in a way that captivates your attention and i at no point am i really all that interested in in like what the bride is doing you know what i mean like i almost find like the entire plot of of her storyline just doesn't it, it doesn't captivate me like i'm not really that interested in in what she's doing I guess the whole way through and that's just me I realize I'm in the minority on that one um, well but um, I don't agree yeah. but I will I will give you this is is you know as well as I do as a Tarantino fanatic I didn't like the Kill Bill movies until kind of recently I've come to appreciate them more um they're not like of his movies they're the ones I would be least likely to go and rewatch, and that's including like Death Proof Grindhouse but um yeah, I, I I can I can sympathize with your point, even though I disagree. Yeah, I feel the exact same way. Like I, I get where you're coming from, but at, at the same time, I mean, I, I love the bride, the the movies. Yeah, okay, maybe there are a lot of just action, 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 with maybe not as much character development as you would hope. But I mean, I I love the story, and she's a total badass. Um, Lady Bird, she's cool. She's sarcastic. You know, she's this kind of like coming of age uh, teenager. And I don't, I don't know. I, I like her, but it's um, the bride for me is just way more unique. And uh, that's who I'm going with. Fair enough, man. Um, that takes us into the second round. Um, back to the top. We've got uh, Marge Gunderson from Fargo at one, taking on Jackie Brown. Uh, the titular character at number eight. Um, I'm going to go Marge Gunderson. I, I'm sure. just going to throw it out there. Uh, the reason being, and it was a, it was something I had to kind of grapple with when I was making the bracket, is just kind of that Jackie Brown is more or less a tribute to other characters of the past, which is fine. Um, but specifically, it's kind of a tribute to a previous Pam Greer character. So, when we're talking originality, l- there is no other character before Marge Gunderson that's like Marge Gunderson, and if there is one afterwards, it's because of Marge Gunderson. I think uh, one of just 
the coolest characters of all time, man. I I think uh, right down the right down the board, like we can go any type of personality trait. I think Marge Gunderson's super interesting. Um, looked at as one of the most well reviewed performances of all time, too. Right, like that. That's another thing that we have to consider here. So. I love Jackie Brown. I would say, like, preference of the two characters, it's a lot closer. But if I can call a spade a spade and just say that Marge Gunderson is the better character here for me. So I'm going Marge. Yep. Fair uh, enough. I'm, I'm, I'm going to go Jackie Brown kind of for, I guess, I guess in the essence of what you were saying. Like, um, the character itself is this callback to a character from days gone by and that's fantastic and the reason it's fantastic is i've never seen those films so i i don't know what those characters were like i never got to experience them i don't really have any interest in going back and experiencing them so that's something that i find that is in, it's in, integral to cinema is is recycling character tropes and making sure that those types of characters live on because if it's a good character you know there's no reason that you should have to watch a hundred year old film to appreciate a type of character and i'm not saying that the pam Greer jackie brown characters are 100 years old but you get my point no well essentially eventually you gotta bring back these these types of people that's the whole point of tarantino cinema right is to be a tribute to stuff from the past Sure. You know what I mean? Like, as someone who, when you said recycling cinema, and I was going to be like, how dare you use that word? But, like, that that is kind of what it is, right? And um, I understand that, and, and, and I do like movies that use these old tropes, so I am a sucker for that. I can, I, again, can respect your opinion, although I disagree. Comes down so, to Mikey, uh, so Mikey I'm Warren the, again. I'm the swing boat. I'll agree. Yeah. Yeah, love I'll, it. I'll let you kick I'll things off it. next time. How's that? <laughs> Just two of my favorite Take movies the of all time. Off. No, no pressure here. Yeah, yeah, that's that's an interesting one. Um, well, we'll start with Jackie Brown. I mean, she's this this um, this foxy, you know, black chick. Um, it's it's tough, man. Um, Francis McDormand's portrayal of Marge Gunderson is really unique, and I don't know if I've seen another character quite like Marge Gunderson. And I don't think I've seen another character quite like Jackie Brown. So you kind of have two two very unique uh, characters in two very unique movies. Um, on the point of Jackie Brown being a character of the past... Um, I think I'm gonna go with Marge Gunderson, just because I I I like your point, James. Where yes, you shouldn't have to go back to, you know, um, see these characters from the past. But at the same time, having new unique characters is what drives film forward, and uh, that's why I'm going Marge Gunderson. No okay. disrespect um, to Jackie Brown, though. It's one of those things like. The past is always going to be there for us to rehash, right? When, when you find that original character that kind of, you know, changes the game, that's the difference for me. And I, I, I think Marge does that. But like I said, like to my point earlier, when it comes to preference of the two characters, a lot closer than I made it out to sound. Like, Jackie Brown's yeah. fucking mint, but, you know, she's very much every character from that type of movie from the 70s, right? Which, again... Not saying it's a bad thing. It's just in terms of originality, it's a lot better, I think, for for Marge. 
Um, okay, up next we got uh, number four, Clarice Starling. What uh, movie? Of the Lambs. Sorry, what movie do you guys prefer, Fargo or Jackie Brown? I think that's a closer comparison. Mm. Yeah, that's tough. It's Fargo for me, but not by much. Yeah, that's that's a tough one. I'd Fucking have to rewatch them both, honestly. Yeah, um, yeah Clarice Starling, Light Sounds of the Lambs at four, up against Cher uh, Horowitz at uh, twelve from Clueless. Uh, I promised Mike you could kick things off, so we take the pressure off your shoulders for a round here. Nice. Okay, well, this is an easy one for me because, like I already said, I haven't seen Clueless. So, Clarice Starling, <laughs> first vote. <laughs> okay. Uh, yeah, it's it's probably Clarice for me. Like, I, it's really close. Um, I didn't vote for her last round, and, and that was close, and, and, and here we are again. I don't but... think you voted for either of these characters last round. Or, no, you guess you voted for Cher. For Cher. Technically, yeah, yeah. Um... <laughs> By default, yeah, just because it's the only only one I saw. But yeah, I, I don't know. Like, I, I guess I'll go Clarice, uh, and I'll save any potential arguments for the future. Yeah, I've made elaborate points for both, so I don't really need to explain too much. Plus, I lost anyways. It doesn't matter. Uh, I probably would have gone Cher Horowitz, but again, very very close for me. Okay, uh, up next we got the three seed Ellen Ripley from the Alien movies against Ellen Griswold at eleven from the National Lampoon film series. Um, it's, uh, it's Ellen Ripley for me. I'm gonna leave it at that. Short and sweet. Short. And yeah, sweet. that's that's unfortunately not a close one. Uh, as much as I prefer the the vacation movies, it's uh, it's Ellen Ripley in a walk on that one. Unfortunately. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely. Nice. Mike Warren with the sweep. The like sweep. Uh, number two, we got The Bride from Kill Bill uh, at two. And at ten, we've got Laura Croft from the Laura Croft Tomb Raider films. Mikey? I like this one. You know, I got I got my two I got my two chicks here. You know, these are Have my you girls. Not like the last uh, twelve? Or? No, no, I, I, just particularly. I don't know. I like these. You know, you know, two two cool chicks. Um, but I like the vengeance kind of uh, aspect from the bride a little bit better than the uh, Tomb Raider kind of narrative. Um, and I think further to that point, the character for the bride is it's a little more in depth and a little more a um, little more my style. So I, I'm going the bride. Okay, there it is. Um, I'm going to go Laura Croft on this one. Um, no real shocker there. Sorry, so it's tied. Yeah. Oh, okay. Um, well, I'm going to go to the bride, and and here's why: is is one problem that I've always had with Lara Croft is uh, those movies are a disaster. To be honest with you, they're they're terrible. Uh, they're iconic, and Angelina Jolie's great, but the movies are bad. Um, Kill Bills are decent, <laughs> so that's one thing. Um, but in terms of the characters, yeah, like Angelina Jolie does a great acting. Uh, performance in it, but that's probably the only edge I would maybe give uh, these two characters, Lara Croft over The Bride. Aside from that, it's every other thing we're going to compare. Like, The the Bride is um, I think more of an original tribute type character. Um, you know, it, it comes from a place that, that had been done, but a, in a way that had never been done before. To be honest with you, the Tomb Raider movies are kind of a disaster. They're probably the worst movies featured on this 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 uh, whole bracket. So uh, eventually a, they're going to run out of steam. Yeah. 
They're it's yeah they're they're fucking really bad. Great box office movies, just they're yeah. they're a mess. The video games are fun. I know that. Yeah. Oh, for sure. <laughs> really cool. Uh, we got the final four now, um, and they are at the top four seeds. So. Uh, going up against each other, we got one in versus four. We got Marge Gunderson from Fargo and Clarice Starling from Silence of the Lambs. It's the heavy hitters, I mm-hmm. guess, at this point. See, mm-hmm. the fun part about this bracket is I didn't even consider the fact that eventually I was going to have to make tough decisions. <laughs> well, you God think we're going to make them for you, eh? Yeah. yeah. I, I made this bracket. I'm like, this is going to be fun and games. This is going to be awesome. We're just going to talk about a bunch of movies. I forgot that we have to like pick... <laughs> yeah, and and make it competitive. I don't have uh, an answer I'll, yet. If I'll, I'll get does. I'll get things started here. Yeah. Um, it's it's Marge Gunderson for myself. Um, I don't know if I would have had her going as far as she did to this point in the previous rounds, but she's here now. I prefer her over Clarice, and uh, that's that's all I have to say about that. We got a couple of uh, ladies of the law going up against each other, mm. uh, so so mm. enjoy that. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, well. Law. <laughs> uh yeah i i'm also going with marge gunderson here uh for previous points um i think she's just a very unique character and it's someone that uh i've always loved and yeah. claire starling like she's she's good she does a really good job and i love her dynamic with hannibal but i just i think marge gunderson sticks out a little bit more to me i'm going marge um the idea that like, this is not a funny story, right? The story of Fargo's not funny. The idea yeah. that that <clears throat> she can come in and while investigating William H. Macy for maybe being a fucking, you know, the main suspect in all of this, just cracks a smile. You, you might understand how I could think it's, you know, suspicious. And she's like got this huge smile on her face and it's like, why are you smiling right now? You know what I mean? Yeah. The fact that she is so indicative of that area, the the people of that area, the, the way that they are, the way that they kind of behave, I think that's really cool. And so she is like a tribute to that area, and, and that I think is really neat. Um, Clarice, of course, develops this confidence, but she's very tense at first, and, and that kind of takes away from what she offers to the early part of the movie. All, all she kind of is is the placeholder for the audience, right? She's just kind of... She's nervous, and therefore we're even more nervous than we would have been if it weren't for her being just a wreck going into there initially. Um, as mm. she develops the confidence, the audience is kind of supposed to go with it, and I think that that's cool, but it takes away from what she is in the early part of the film, and the fact that, you know, Marge doesn't really get into the movie for a little bit I think is kind of neat, even though she's, you know, the leading role. Um... I think it's great. So yeah, it's it's Marge for sure. It's 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 a sweep here. Yeah, love a good sweep. You love them brooms, eh, Jimbo? Yeah, <laughs> get them out. Get them J- out. Get them Jimmy, high. Jimmy the Jet. Apparently. <laughs> just uh, just so you know, Mike uh, Rod has has insisted on calling uh, James Jimmy Jimmy the Jet. Uh, okay. Mostly because Rod was about six beers deep when we did part two of that episode. So, um, yeah, if you have the opportunity, if you're going to call him Jimmy, he's now Jimmy the Jet. Jimmy the Jet. I love it. I'm, Jimmy really and the Jet. I'm really not all that fast, for the record. <laughs> uh, I, I would argue that, for sure. You're a quick hockey player. You used to do track. You're fast. 
You're no Usain is, Bolt, but you're pretty good. Is that um, maybe the, I, maybe I'm saying I don't know if I warned the nickname the Jet. <laughs> <laughs> okay, is that is that what it transpired from? Is uh, your speed on the ice, or I I don't think Rod's ever seen me on the ice, so I'm gonna say no. Okay, yeah, no, I've His been really good friends. Your speed. I've been really good friends with Rod for a lot of years. I don't even think I've been in a hockey rink with him at the same time. So fair, Jimmy the Jet. Um, I love it. Uh, finally, we've got The Bride at 2 from Kill Bill and Ellen Ripley at 3 from Alien. Um, got to die on that hill. Ellen Ripley for myself. Um, the ultimate female action star. And I don't know. She she rewrote the genre trope in my eyes about, about what women are allowed to do in, in cinema. So there it is, yeah. Ellen Ripley. Yeah, exactly. Um, if it, it's tough because they, they're both like these super cool female lead actors or actresses, much, much and... like we were looking with um, ladies of the law earlier, we're looking at ladies of the of the killing monsters now. So, oh, ladies of oh. the sword. Uh, Zellen Ripley um, uses sword. I don't really think she uses sword. I'm not really, I'm not really sure. Space is the right place for a sword. Lady, ladies of the weapons. <laughs> hey, a lightsaber, man! Come on, ladies of the weapon. Laser sword. La- yeah, ladies of the weapon. That's a good one. But yeah, I, I, I don't know. I feel like if it were not for Ellen Ripley, maybe the bride uh, never really comes to be. Maybe a little bit of a stretch, but like. One of you guys brought up earlier, she she started the whole genre. She showed what females could be in films. And uh, yeah, that's how I'm, I'm going Ellen Ripley for sure. Clean sweep for me. Um, yeah, just er- everything we kind of said about The Bride earlier sort of works as a negative point against her here now, right? When you're comparing the two characters, like Ellen Ripley is just kind of better in terms of in terms of everything, kind of across the board, really the only reason that the bride got the the seed up uh, is just kind of, I think a lot of what I'm reading online and how people feel about characters, and because I tried to take other things into account, right? It's a lot of recency bias, right? Like like Sigourney Weaver did what she did, and and people are gonna say, well, it's because it was forty years ago, you know, maybe you start to forget about it, and sure, that 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 very well well may be true. Um, doesn't change the the weight of what it is that she did for cinema. So uh, it's Ellen Ripley for me for sure. I I prefer her uh, as well as um, yeah, Ellen Ripley. Nice. Okay, uh, we're moving on to the supporting female character mm-hmm. uh, side of the bracket. Um, so the ladies that don't get all the uh, the screen time, you know, the the background characters per se, but. The characters, nonetheless, that stick with you uh, throughout the films. Uh, starting things off, we've got a, a real heavy hitter at one. Um, someone where I, I think a lot of fans of the series might argue could be considered a lead. Um, but we put her in the, uh, in the supporting for a few reasons, and, and we don't have to justify ourselves to you. So, uh, Princess Leia Organa from the Star Wars I mean, it might be nice to kind of put the, the reasoning in there, but like... <laughs> oh. It's our podcast. We do Fuck what we want. You, you, you've been a big <laughs> yeah. fan of just stirring the pot lately. It's just, oh, yeah. you know what? It's my podcast. I don't care. Has anyone tried to take the podcast away from you? Like, I don't know why you're so defensive lately. <laughs> Has there been a coup d'etat going yeah. on? Or... <laughs> 
I'm looking. I'm looking forward to checking my podcast app next week, and it's just like Rodzi and fucking Mike Wern being like, "Yeah, this is laced up." <laughs> yeah. You know, this is our podcast now. It's Jimmy, like, the jet's you, gone. Uh, how do you guys even jetted. know each other? Yeah. <laughs> uh, we bonded over uh, a couple mutual friends <laughs> <laughs> who we decided to overthrow from there. <laughs> <laughs> love it i love it but remember uh all, all kidding aside uh there's only one laced up hockey podcast so uh, all imitators they try but they they do not match yeah look for that uh, verified check mark and if you see it then you know it's not us <laughs> all right we got uh, princess uh, leia at one against uh, alexander king from the descendants at 16 I gotta tell you, I, I know how you verify a Twitter account. It involves confirming identification, so I don't know how you would ever verify a a podcast. Do me and James especially, just send them our passports, and then they'll be like, especially okay. with a guy that uses a pseudonym. Ooh, yeah, I don't know. I don't have a lot of identification that says Bruce Bataglia on it. I could, I could send them a Bates Bataglia hockey card and change the name on it. Um, I'll, I'll go first. I mean. It's Princess Leia for the iconicism. I I, I put her as a, as a one seed because of that. Um, there's not a lot of reasons I can argue in terms of on paper how to seed her. I I I didn't really get much um, having watched three of them here in quarantine and what I'm told are the best three. I I really don't get a lot out of Princess Leia other than the fact that she's kind of just an iconic female character comparable to Ellen Ripley. Um, in being just part of a main cast and, and you know what I mean, kind of changing the game in, in certain ways. Uh, I gotta go with her. Um, the thing with Shailene Woodley is, you know, the first thing was I always kind of looked at her as a lead actress, but she, she won supporting actress awards for it. Um, so that's one thing that kind of works against her is it puts her in a bracket where I think maybe she would have been a higher seed on the other side. I, I don't know. I, I prefer the performance. I think it's one of the best acting performances of all time. But at the end of the day, we are talking about a character who um, is in a in a movie where the plot line is outlandish, when you think of the realism, versus a character in a movie where it's kind of just based on a, you know, a portrayal of humanity and how people would react in certain situations. Uh, I'm not taking anything away from Alexandra King, but... Yeah, I, 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 I get why I'm going to lose it. I would probably prefer the character by a lot, but uh, Princess Leia is, of course, Princess Leia. So I'm going to go with her. That's a Disney princess to you, sir. <laughs> um, <laughs> Mike? <laughs> if you say um, so. Yeah, uh, to be honest, I, I have not seen The Descendants. I don't know if I'm missing out. I don't. I haven't really heard much about it to be honest but um yeah no i haven't seen it you never seen and the descendants no I, i've never seen the descendants i'm just looking it up on imdb i see george Top, clooney uh the dean wrote it from community and uh oh, definitely yeah. <laughs> uh definitely like top 10 favorite movie of all time for sure really? it is no it is okay. uh, a very depressing sounding story that they add a very good comedic spin to it. It's very much like a story of real life, and it's incredibly real, man. Like, it's raw. There's a lot of human emotions. There's a scene in which, I mean, I, like, I don't really want to spoil it for people, but it is, like, you know, 
an iconic scene at this point, um, where she tells George Clooney, her dad, that their mom was cheating on him, and that I guess he didn't know that, and mm. she, like, breaks down on the couch telling him this story, and it is some of the best acting I've ever seen, and it, you need to bear in mind that at the time, Shailene Woodley's, like, 18 or 19 years old. Like, the fact that she's, a, like, she's been acting her whole life, but, like, the fact that she's able to do what she does in that scene, um, it's just, it's very raw human emotion, so it sounds serious. It's definitely pretty funny, though, at a, at a lot of points. There's some other good comedic characters mixed in there that are pretty good. I would strongly recommend the watch. Yeah, yeah, no, I, I'm gonna have to check that out, yeah, it sounds really. I, I like movies like that. Some drama with some comedic relief, and and based off it being I in your a top best ten. Nominees. Like, I, I'm pretty it, sure it got was, nominated yeah. for best picture. No kidding. Yeah, it's got really good reviews too. One of these days, but, I gotta um, sit down with Brutes and have him actually write out his top ten favorite films because I've heard him yeah. say <laughs> top just a top ten film for myself like forty <laughs> times in like the two years that we've done this podcast. So. That's that's my next well, most, mostly because I talk about the Descendants every like month or two. Well, even <laughs> beyond that, no, I've actually made a list. I can I can actually send you that. Nice, I'm down. <laughs> Anyways, yeah, I'm going with uh, I'm going with uh, Alexandra King. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> I'm going with Princess Leia. Make it a sweep. Get your brooms out. Get your brooms. Who would have get thought? Get your brooms. Um... The eight seed Megan Price uh, from Bridesmaids, uh, as played by Melissa McCarthy, uh, versus M from the James Bond series. Uh, this character portrayed by uh, Dame Judi Dench. Nice. Um, I can kick us off here. I fucking love Megan Price. She is maybe one of my favorite supporting Broke a lot female of shit. characters. Oh yeah, she is absolutely. Every time she talks in, in Bridesmaids, I just, it cracks me the fuck up. I, I can't get enough of her. Uh, <laughs> um, M M from the Bond movies. Yeah, she's she's cool. Uh, I like her, but I don't really know if there's enough of her to really compare uh, to Megan Price. So I don't know. I'm going Megan Price. Um, was this Melissa McCarthy's first film? No, it would be her breakthrough role, but I don't believe it's her first film. Hmm. Did the heat oh, come yeah. out before Not that? Even close. No. No, the the heat was after. Like she had done a lot of stuff, but this is kind of the the role that made that gave us Melissa McCarthy. She'd right. been in a bunch of stuff, but the one yeah. we know and love. Exactly. Yeah, I guess she was in Gilmore Girls for a long time, too. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I. It um, may shock you to know that I don't have the most extensive Gilmore Girls knowledge that's fair uh, she was there for seven se- uh, seven seasons that didn't even know that oh yeah um yeah I'm gonna go Melissa McCarthy on this one as well Megan Price from Bridesmaids uh M is a very interesting character but one that doesn't require any particular actor or actress it's it's been a man it's been a it's been a woman um their job is strictly to tell James Bond what he's going to do and when he's going to do it and if he doesn't do it how to reprimand him and that's fine like there's some interest in the character having read some of the books like I find the character of M far more engaging in 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 script than I do in film 
Um, so at the end of the day, like I love the character, but there's just nothing really all that interesting or unique about, about M that warrants getting them past this point. Um, and that's a shame because I, I think that's, I think Jame, uh, Dame Judy Dench really took the role and made it her own in a way, but mm-hmm. you're only allowed to do so much when you're in a James Bond film and you're not James Bond. <laughs> you're either um, hooking up with James Bond uh, or trying to kill James Bond. And if you're not doing one of those two things, you're not going to be in much of the film. So, yeah, uh, Megan, Megan Price for me. Uh, I made a, a list while I was uh, bored and drunk one night um, uh, about a month ago during quarantine of my favorite movies, and I have The Descendants as number four. But I would say I also wow. have The Shining as, like, 17, which should be higher. Because, um, like I said, I was drunk. But The Descendants is on there. So um, <laughs> I, I'm going to go uh, I'm gonna go Megan Price. Um, yeah, it, it, it's... it's uh, I, I don't know how you moved that over before you knew what I was going to vote, but... Um, yeah, no, it's, it's, it's Megan Price just because I think there's more, um, originality to the character. I think more or less with M, uh, if James, if James Duty Dench, uh, was what I was going to say. If Dame Judy Dench weren't playing the role, uh, it arguably wouldn't be as an iconic role, um, because she kind of kills it. It's one of those things where I think the acting just kind of propels the role above what it actually is. See Lara yeah. Croft from the previous part of the bracket. So um, it's just not enough to put it forward here for me. I think Megan Price in a movie that, as much as I like Bridesmaids, I don't watch it often anymore because it's kind of I find it kind of depressing. She is the funniest part of the movie for sure. In what is yeah. you know what I'm one of the most iconic female led. Uh, comedic movies of the last how many years right so um mm-hmm. she was nominated for an academy award for the role for a reason i'm i'm going melissa mccarthy nice all right well two series in on the supporting uh females we got two sweeps so cool um okay. yeah let's keep it going I'd, everyone's in agreement. i'd be pretty surprised on the next one feel like it's going to be a little more divisive but this is this is a tough one for sure uh amy dunn from gone girl at five uh, performed by Rose uh, Rosemond Pike against Bridget von Hammerschmark uh, from Inglorious Bastards at twelve, uh, as performed by uh, Diane Kruger. Uh, our guest Mike, could you, uh, in your best German, uh, give us what you love about the Bridget von Hammerschmark? Uh, what I love most? <laughs> no, wow, I can't me. do that. It's awful. <laughs> uh, uh, listen to the music. Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> I love that line. <laughs> <laughs> um, remember, yeah, that, uh, remember that time in the podcast where we were just German for like one episode? Wasn't I do. Great? Yeah. <laughs> I, I, do. I laughed. I think the hardest I ever laughed listening to any of the podcast uh, on that one. Uh, anyways. Um, yeah, this is a tough one because uh, I, I really liked Amy Dunn and Gone Girl. Uh, it was a really interesting character. Uh, really fucked with me a lot and then Bridget von Hammerschmark was very interesting in Inglorious Bastards too I mean, and a really pivotal character it, it, it's tough for me in a way because I, I really love Inglorious Bastards that's uh, one of my absolute favorite movies but I, I'm, I'm going to go with Amy Dunn I'm going with Amy Dunn and I'm passing it off I, I'm I'm very much caught in the middle here this is a 
a, pr- a pretty big toss-up as far as I'm concerned. Um, I'm going to go Amy Dunn. I, I feel her role is a little bit more central to the storyline, uh, that making her character all that more important. I, I think that in Glorious Bastards, if you take Bridget von Hammerschmark out of the out of the film, um, it still works. She's not really all that essential to the plot. There would have been a very easy way to work around her not being involved. And um, for that, I, I, I'm going to say that the character of Amy Dunn is just slightly more uh, important. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, yeah, I, I called it not being a sweep. It's a sweep. <laughs> I, I, I'm going Amy Dunn. Um, yeah, I... Uh, it's just... It, it, it's iconic, and the level of insanity to the character, I think, is very important. I I don't agree. I don't think Inglorious Bastards works quite as well without Bridget Von Hammer's mark, but you can write the movie differently. I understand that. It would just kind of be a, a in, like a not even the same movie at all. But for sure, you can't do Gone Girl without Amy Dunn. And uh, if you try to, it's just going to be... Um, um, Gone. Uh, <laughs> yeah, like 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 Emma... Emma Dawn or something would be the character. Like it's just it's gonna be the same. It's gonna, same idea, right? The whole thing uh, goes around her. Um, the fact that she does what she does is is it is what it is, right? Like that that the movie is what it is. It's just to think that for an hour you have no reason to believe that there's anything suspicious with her at all. That's the yeah. thing that kind of got me, right? Like if you genuinely kind of thought something about her you're just fishing you're fishing for an explanation which i don't do other people do do that i'm not the type of person to be like i wonder how this ends i don't know just fucking watch the movie like see how it ends so for me it caught me completely off guard uh which was saying something because i had heard of the book and knew how the book went um but didn't actually see it coming in the movie uh, fun fact, I was at the movie theaters and someone got, uh, well, it's not fun. Someone got stabbed out front of the movie and uh, oh, it literally shit. cut, it literally, like, the lights came on in the theaters and they told us we had to leave. The scene when she's driving the car on the bridge, being like, I'm so much happier now that I'm dead. And it's like, <laughs> lights are on, it's like, you guys gotta go. And it's like, no. <laughs> what? What are you talking about? The fucking, the, I'm not going. The wife did it. There's like an hour left. What the fuck is happening? <laughs> Yeah, they're like, you got to leave. Like, you can't be That's here. That's hilarious. Oh, yeah. You just see, like, the Wolf of Wall Street. I'm not fucking going! Yeah. <laughs> no, th- this was way worse. Like, this this is one of the best movie twists ever. And they're like, no, you got to go. Yeah. Okay. Wow. Cool. Great. Should be wow. good. Should be good. <laughs> yeah, no, it's it's Amy Dunn. Just, she kicks ass for a lot of reasons. Uh, I don't love the insani- yeah. insanity part to her personality, but um, <laughs> it's still her. pretty badass for a movie character, so. Yeah. All right, yep. up next we got the four-seed Mona Lisa Vito from My Cousin Vinny as portrayed by Marisa Tommy uh, against Sarah Connor at 13 from the Terminator film series uh, as portrayed by Linda Hamilton. I was kind of waiting for you to be like Hamilton or something because some of the ah, pronunciation's been fun. Um, I'm, I'm, I'm going Mona Lisa Vito. I, I think Sarah Connor kicks ass, um, but... 
I feel like I feel like I'm gonna make the point that James made, and then he's gonna come around and disagree with me the way I disagreed with him last time. I don't think she's essential to the movies, really, um, but she is pretty badass. Um, I don't know, like she's she's really a cool character, and Linda Hamilton kills it. You know, the fact that they brought her back for the most recent Terminator movie, I'm sure, is really cool. Uh, I won't watch it, but that's fine. Um, yeah, the uh, Marissa Tomei winning an Oscar for um, a movie that she is seemingly irrelevant in for 90% of it and then all of a sudden turns out to be the most essential character uh, is pretty cool, but she adds to the comedic genius of the movie. The movie does not work without her at all. And, um, yeah, just adds to what is a good idea for a movie without her... It's not the iconic movie that it is today, and um, earned her the Academy Award for sure. So I'm gonna go with the Oscar winner on that one. Um, before you step in here, James, I, I'm just gonna go here because I have not seen My Cousin Vinny. Um, maybe a little sacrilege, but I haven't seen it. So I'm going no. Sarah Connor, and I'll leave you to to debate. It's not like we're talking uh, Citizen Kane here either. It's not. Uh, <laughs> it's not the fucking best movie or anything, but it's it's pretty fun. Yeah. Okay. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm going to go with the character that um, is the core reason that the Terminator returns to the present. Um, so, um, very vital, I would say, in terms of the plot of the film. But, uh, yeah, Sarah Connor. Um, kind of expanding on that entire uh, work uh, done by Ellen Ripley in the Alien series. Um, very much similar characters in their makeup but um the entire opening half of the terminator is you know you're expecting you know sarah connor to more or less be this fragile lay down and and die passive type of female character only for her to turn around and be this complete badass whereas ellen ripley was entirely just a badass the entire film so they were able to kind of work that into there and kind of trick you at the last sec not the last second but but definitely put a spin on on what you're expecting uh out of uh, linda hamilton's performance in that film so it's uh nice sarah connor for me uh up next we've got um Rosalind Rosenfeld from American Hustle at 6 by Jennifer Lawrence uh, against Skylar from Goodwill Hunting at 11 performed by Minnie Driver. Um, Minnie, or, go... or as James, I think, wanted to call her Minnie Drivier. <laughs> Minnie Driver. Um, Rosalind, uh, Jesus. I, I'm I'm going to go with Skylar on this one from Goodwill Hunting. Um, I don't like American Hustle. I, I I don't really get the appeal. I've I've had many people try to tell me what is good about it. I, I don't get it. Um, that's fine. I'm I understand that that's just me. Um, and and as good a job as Jennifer Lawrence is uh, as an actress, um, the character is for me. I I just they all kind of get lost and blended together, and I. I don't know. That that's more of this is a more of a personal take than it is uh, a factual supporting. I've got evidence here to, to stake my claim on. I, I honestly don't remember which one is Amy Adams and which one is Jennifer Lawrence in that film because uh, they just kind of all melded together at one point for me. So hmm. Amy Adams hmm. is the one from um, uh, she's in the Fighter, 
Um, oh no, I know in, the actress. Oh, okay. <laughs> I don't know. The she's in the office. All start to kind of. You may remember her from such yeah. films. Nocturnal as... animals. Yeah. Uh, I'm. I'm. I'm actually uh, prefer Rosalind Rosenfeld, but I will go Skyler. Um, I think for sure that they're both probably the best parts of their movies, um, but I think Sky like. You for sure, like, it's a point I made earlier about a, a couple characters, but y- you can kind of look at it a different way, I think, with Goodwill Hunting. You don't really need Skyler to do Goodwill Hunting, but Goodwill Hunting doesn't really have the effect without Skyler. I think adding that extra element um, makes it such a, um, a hard hitting movie emotionally. You know what I mean? Like, there's so much piled up. You didn't need a love interest, but they decide to add one as well. And, um, not really the central part of the storyline, but it, it adds to it in a, in a, in a good way. You know, it's, uh, um, you know, it's putting, it's, it's putting a little, uh, extra something in your drink that maybe you didn't need to put in, you know, it's, uh, it maybe just stirs the drink and, and adds to the, you know, I haven't made a drink in two months cause I'm not working right <laughs> now. So I'm trying, I'm blanking on a drink that you wouldn't have to add certain ingredients to. Uh, but yeah, I, I'm I'm going Skyler. It's the performance that defined Mini Driver's career, and um, for good reason. Uh, uh-huh. Rosalind, again, I think is the best part of American Hustle, but she's very much a side character for a reason in that as well. The movie works yeah. without her to a bigger degree than Goodwill Hunting without Skyler, even though you don't really need either. I mean, hey, you could say that for any of them. Supporting characters for a reason in most cases, right? most cases not all so you can kind of make that argument continuously but um yeah just that that ex-wife getting on christian bale's nerves the whole time i think is a really cool element to it but say levy yeah yeah no uh had to go see about a girl man uh i love mini driver's uh performance in skyler and i love skyler the character as well too um i feel actually really similar to how james feels about american hustle it just wasn't for me i felt like not like lost but just kind of i don't know i just it, it wasn't for me and i love me some goodwill hunting and skyler i feel like is that love story connection is is kind kind of like it's not integral, but it's like pretty important to the story. It's, it's the reason he leaves. Um, Robin Williams, you know, he said he had to go see about a girl, and it, their their relationship between Matt Damon and Robin Williams is is um, letting uh, Goodwill trying to make him find a reason to pursue his life, and and Robin Williams says that um, his wife was like the best thing that ever happened to him and he doesn't regret it for a second even though she died and in the end that's the letter he leaves matt damon leaves for robin williams as he had to go see about a girl yeah and that's skyler yeah so it's that's the same. sweet it's the same thing right like you know you you can you can subtract one of a lot of those characters from that movie and it's still fine like there's a lot of them you could just yeah. take out but like it is very much an ensemble cast right like you you know to think of that movie without Robin Williams, it's you know fairly yeah. the same movie, but you need but, him. you know like yeah, you need 100%. Ben Affleck, you need all these other guys, right? It it, it adds to it. Um, I can yeah. kind of understand 
uh, your guys' take on American Hustle. I, like, I, I don't agree, but I, I know David O. Russell's not for everyone. Um, and to even, like, I don't, I don't think James likes a David O. Russell movie from what I know. I don't, I don't know for sure, but, you know, he doesn't like Silver Linings Playbook. I don't think you liked Joy, if you ever saw it. Ooh, the the fighter's really the only one other than American Hustle that it loved. Like Silver Linings <clears throat> Playbook's okay. I didn't really like Joy, yeah. but um, yeah, that that's fair. I know he's somewhat of a contentious director, so uh, I can understand that. But I do love that movie. I think it's a it's a masterpiece. I wouldn't I wouldn't say it's one of my favorites, uh, but it's up there. So not the top ten. No. I'll check my list and see if it's on there. <laughs> there you go. Probably not. Uh, up next, check we got it twice. Three seed uh, Hermione Granger from the Harry Potter series, performed by Emma Watson, against uh, the fourteen seed Nora Fanshawe from Marriage Story, performed by Laura Dern. Um, any takers to go first on this one? Uh, it's Hermione for me, but I. Um, it's interesting, right? Like her, Hermione kind of adds an element to the movie like that we're gonna be talking about that with the supporting characters i think on the other side too is like what do they add to the movie Her, hermione adds to it but not a lot of like discernible qualities to her i've always found though like she's just kind of like again like a voice of reason and um yeah. helps the other characters kind of stay grounded in a lot of ways but like she doesn't really have like a discernible personality the first little bit I do have to preface every evaluation I give of Hermione Granger moving forward, if she moves forward. I haven't seen all the Harry Potters. I, I read the first four, and I've seen the first four movies, but I checked out because I thought that was the end. And then they're like, no, there's a lot more. And it's like, oh, I'm, well, I'm done. Like, I'm, I barely watched the second movie when it comes to movie series. I'm not going to read a hundred books of this nonsense. Yeah. But yeah, no, it's, um, she, she's great. She adds enough. Uh, Nora Fanshawe obviously is really cool, but I'm going Hermione. Yeah, yeah. This this is an interesting one. I mean, you have that trio of Harry, Harry, Ron, and Hermione, and and I I really think the story is not at all the same uh, without a Hermione. Uh, she's the perfect thing because Ron's pretty stupid, and Harry's smart, but he needs a lot of direction. And Hermione's the way that they can progress the plot. I find in a in a really uh, pointed way. She's the, uh, she's the brains of the operation for sure. Yeah, yeah, exactly, exactly. Anytime there's like this crazy problem, she's like, uh, "It's yeah, Wingardium oh, Leviosa." I, I read a book. I read a book Leviosa. eight years ago that told Ag me that we do this. Yeah, she is the answer to any of these little snags. It's an easy. It's a pretty good uh, thing to do when writing a story because you always have this easy kind of escape to any kind of issue. Yeah. Oh and, no, I've I've locked myself in. Oh no, wait. Hermione read something once. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. So, uh, she, that's why she's getting my vote. I mean, I feel like she's pretty integral. Although the character herself, yeah, she's the nerdy one, the one who knows it all. Whatever. Whatever. But uh, I like Nora Fanshawe, Laura Dern, and Marriage Story. I think maybe if I knew a little bit more about her character, uh, maybe she would have had more of a chance in this fight. Personally, but um, she she did a really good job acting. But, uh, yeah, Hermione wins for me. Fair enough. Make it a sweep. Uh, three for three on Hermione Granger. Keep the ball rolling, so to speak. Nice. The, the the snitch flying, if you will. Um, at <laughs> a seven, lot of sweeps we, in this round, eh? A lot of sweeps, eh? A lot, a lot of, of sweeps. sweeps. The boys are getting along here. I like this. Yeah, we're, 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 we're vibing up. here. Yeah. <laughs> it's funny. Like, we're, yeah, we're, like we're, we're, we're almost not agreeing some of the times. But it's like, yeah, no, like, you know, send the same one through. 
<laughs> James, you don't. You <laughs> guys don't like American day. Hustle. What the fuck? <laughs> <laughs> um. All right. At seven, we've got Rosalie Maxson from Fences, uh, as performed by Viola Davis, uh, against Daisy Domergue uh, from The Hateful Eight. Oh, uh, at ten. By Jennifer Jason Lee. It's always those seven ten seeds for me, man. Like it's I don't know. Those are always the tough ones for me. This is holy shit, that's a tough one. I mean, like, if we're talking performance wise, like, you know, Viola Davis ah. who, who I <laughs> think I, I think Viola Davis is is other than maybe Meryl Streep the best actor alive right now. However, yeah. Like that, this—that's her best performance for Viola Davis. Is that's it? It's her putting on an absolute fucking acting clinic. But the idea that the the character, like the, the character, is just so soft at first, and and develops this, um, you know, this intolerance for her shithole husband for a while, uh, I think is really cool. Um, but at the end of the day, she still is like she's still kind of soft about it, and it's always an issue I've had with the character. Uh, it makes for a great movie. It makes for an unbelievable play. Like I, I would love to see a version of that done live, um, because it is based on a play. I, I would love to see that play. Uh, having said that, I'm probably gonna go Daisy Domergue, even though I don't know, man. It's just it's a character. When that movie came out, I don't think I realized how good of a character it is. And the more times I've watched The Hateful Eight. Jennifer Jason Lee actually kind of carries the load in that movie. Like, it, it, it's actually nuts. Um, really cool character who you don't like for a second. I don't remember one instance where I'm like, you know, I kind of hope she gets out of this. No, she, she sucks. But in terms of originality, in terms of what she adds to the movie, she's the straw that stirs at the drink, I think, in that one. Um, which is the same for Fences, but uh, I think there's just more of a storyline to... The Hateful Eight, whereas Fences is kind of more just a commentary on life, despite, you know, obviously there is a story, but I'm going to go Daisy. Yeah, Daisy for me as well. It's the type of character where, like, I would, I'd watch another, like, I'd watch a film, a prequel film about that character. Like, how did they get there? Just make her the new Kill Bill. Right. Like, I I would watch that character again. I don't really think I need any more. You don't need to see, you don't want to see Fences too. I don't. I don't need to see how Rose retired to the retirement home in Fences too. You know, like, <laughs> they call the second one Gates because it's just a better fence. <laughs> sure. <laughs> Higher fences. Um, <laughs> the beers are flowing tonight, boys. Let me tell you. <laughs> oh boy. Um, so it's Daisy Domergue for myself. Holy fuck, boys! Uh, I don't know how many sweeps that is, but that's uh, that's another sweep. Because Broom's getting tired. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, all right. Last of the first round, we've got Mia Wallace played by Uma Thurman uh, at number two for Pulp Fiction against. Uh, <laughs> say mode. I want to hear you say it. no, no. That's not it. Mod. <laughs> Have you never Maud heard Lebowski. the name Mod? <laughs> I mean, it's not, it's not, it's not like fucking not Jennifer or anything these days. But it's there used to be a TV show called Mod. Come on, figure it out here. That's wild. 
uh, Maud Lebowski from The Big Lebowski at 15 <laughs> man, by Julianne Moore. I was about to be like, man, have you never seen Maud? Like I've seen an episode of Maud. I've never seen an episode of Maud. <laughs> I just, know, I just know who B. Arthur is, so I think I'm an expert on the show mod. Mm. Uh, no, it's it's Mia Wallace. Ar- arguably, to me, would have been the one seed. Like, she's one of my favorite characters ever, and she's only in that movie for two scenes, kind of. So, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm a big Maude Lebowski fan. Like, both of you guys know that, um, broken record here, that these are two of my favorite movies, as is every movie, apparently. But, um, <laughs> yeah, like, the, these are legit, like, one-two for me, right? Like, these are my two favorite movies. So, I will admit there's yeah. maybe a bit of bias on Maude Lebowski. It's one of those things. But, again, I looked up iconic characters, and Maude seemed to work her way into it. And it's good enough for me. Uh, but it's Mia Wallace. Like, like who are we kidding here? So It's, uh, it's Mia for myself as well. Um, I don't know how to say the other character's name, so I, I can't, in all good consciousness, vote for them them <laughs> it is um i believe a, a character that does identify as a female so you're, you're okay with her on mod uh, maybe <laughs> no i'm i'm a big fan yeah, i guess of they don't Lebowski. say i guess they don't yeah. say but they, they don't really say yeah you could assume though no i i do love mod lebowski i think she's one of one of a really unique character that you don't see a whole lot in movies um like one of the uh, funniest parts of that movie, man. Yeah, the, the, <laughs> like on, you don't see it coming at the, all. The words she uses, like she's one of those characters I love because, like, her vocabulary. You know what I mean? Like just the word choices. Sometimes your Rod or your Johnson, perhaps. It's just like, yeah. Why is she like this? <laughs> yeah, and that's what makes her such an awesome character. Um, but yeah, unfortunately, she got put up against Mia Wallace uh, in the first round, and you know what? That's just the way the cookie crumbles. But uh, that's another sweep, there, boys. Thanks, Bruce. Wow. Um, second I'm round, glad I Prince, a good competitive uh... <laughs> bracket there. Second round, we got Princess Leia Organa at one from Star Wars against Megan Price at eight from Bridesmaids. Um, it's Princess Leia for myself. Um, I, I'm not. I'm not going to defend it too hard. It's, it's until you need to, right? Like every yeah. other bracket, yeah. it's to, until you need to state your case. You know, there's no real need to get into it too much. It's Princess Leia for me. For those of you who listen to the rock band bracket, I will preface this by saying, for me, Princess Leia is very much the Beatles. Um, I, I eventually, I'm going to really vote against her hard, but I don't need to yet. <laughs> She's doing great so far. So, uh, yeah. yeah, it's 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 Leia for me as well. I mean. You know those yeah. those those movies don't necessarily work without her, right? And that's a well, big exactly. Thing. Like she, you know, exactly. she's one of the few on here you can actually debate her being a main, if not the main characters for for some of the movies in um, that cinematic universe. So, you know, there's a lot to be said for her, how integral she is to the the storyline. The problem for me, and and this is just one thing I'll admit right now, is like I said, I haven't seen all the Star Wars. So I'm speaking to movies yeah. that I've never seen, and, that, and that's going to be a problem. And that's kind of why, once you guys need to defend Princess Leia, I'll be more willing to listen to what you guys have to say. Is because I, right. it's one of the few I put on here. I don't actually have much of a grasp on what she contributes the whole time. The three movies I saw, she's she, she doesn't really have too much to do with it. So. <laughs> yeah, but <laughs> like enough. she doesn't Fair doesn't. Enough. Yeah, I, I get it. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. This one, this one kind of sucks because I'm a big Megan Price fan. Um, she, she's fucking hilarious. 
She broke a lot of shit. She stole a lot of puppies. Shit in a sink. Like, I, I don't know. The, the list goes thing, on and on. The coolest thing for me is that Melissa McCarthy in real life is married to Air Marshal John. Yeah. That's my yeah, favorite part. Watching that movie, it's like knowing yeah. that they're husband and wife. Holy shit. It's hilarious. Add to it. Yeah. I know. I, I literally watched it three days ago with my girlfriend. She's like, yeah, they're married. I'm like, no yeah. fucking way. Yeah. And it made it so much funnier. It's an underrated yeah. thing, I think, in comedy movies is when, like, an actor or actress making the movie uses their husband or wife or whatever. You know what I mean? Like, that's a super... Yeah. Like, Ben Stiller and Christine Taylor. You know what I mean? Like, just the the fact that... Right. You know, Steve Carell and uh, Carol, the realtor from The Office, are married yeah. in real life. Like, just... I love when, when I didn't people that, do that actually. in comics. Yeah, they are. <laughs> Holy shit. I didn't, oh, I didn't realize cool. that Leslie Mann and, and Apatow were married. Yeah. That's yeah. why she's yeah. in... Cool. That's why she's in every that's Apatow <laughs> Right, which, yeah. which I think is cool because you haven't seen the movie yet, but there's a scene in The Disaster Artist where um, Judd Apatow's out for dinner, and the wife oh, is fuck. not met, is the <laughs> wife is not Leslie Mann because if I remember correctly, they're not married at the time, so they cast oh, someone right. else to play okay. the wife because in 2001 mm-hmm. they wouldn't have been married. And when I watched the movie the first time, I'm like sitting there, I'm like, that's not fucking Leslie Mann. Like, why couldn't they just ask Leslie Mann to do the movie, right? But they didn't yeah. for a good reason. I love that it's scene. It's <laughs> a good scene. He got through two and a half fucking acts of Shakespeare, really? Fuck, <laughs> <laughs> oh, so good. So good. Oh, fuck. Anyways, right, yeah. Next, we Princess got, uh, Leia. Yeah. Princess Leia, the sweep. There it is. Yeah. Uh, Amy Dunn uh, from Gone Girl at 5 against Sarah Connor from the Terminator films at 13. Michael. Uh, okay, yeah, sorry. I was looking at something else. Just a quick update. Flames are up 3 nothing over Montreal in the 2011 Heritage Classic. Ten minutes left in the third period. Wow. I know, we said, so uh, know. I know we said off-air before the podcast that we thought that game goes to overtime. I really hope it doesn't now. I, I'm, I think it's a shutout. I'm pretty sure it's a Kiprasov shutout, but we'll is, see. That would be better, Kiprasov. Jesus Christ. Oh, fuck me up i have that i have that jersey too the striped uh the striped tie yes you do that is a beautiful jersey fuck i love that if we had Um, done that sports logo podcast on sports jerseys the flames would have gone a lot harder like a lot further a lot further the logo itself is like okay but man do the flames ever have james i feel like it's disagreeing from afar back (laughs) i can't really tell no i don't know no i don't know how i don't know who they played in the first round so that's well, it wouldn't sure. be seated the same. It would be seated different. That's fair. Yeah, because again, blue, Blues versus Flames in the first round, that's still a tough one. Yeah. <laughs> still not an easy one. <laughs> yeah. Uh, man, these jerseys are sick. They got the beige pants and the matching socks. Oh, fucking love it. Um. Anyways, okay. Amy Dunn, Sarah Connor. Um, tough. Yeah, tough because the mind fuck that is Amy Dunn. And the integralness of Sarah Connor to the series of the films. Um, well, <laughs> is it? <laughs> my my point. I guess I should clarify my point. My point is Sarah Connor, the character itself, doesn't move the mo- the movies forward for me. Like oh, okay. they could have just done any version like any character it could have been like it could have been anyone i think and they could have just done it and it would still work you know what i mean 
I see what you're saying. So Sarah you, Connor's yeah, still yeah, badass, okay. and okay. and of course, like if they don't get Linda ha- Linda Hamilton to play Sarah Connor, don't know if it works either. Like, there's a lot of things that came yeah. together to make it work, but I don't know. Yeah, no, okay, that makes that makes a little bit more sense, but um, yeah, that's a tough one. Um, you know, I I'm I'm going with Sarah Connor, and and I don't really have a lot to spin off of it. I'm sorry, <laughs> but uh, yeah, that's my pick. Yeah, I, I don't know. That's that's very much a, a down the middle for myself. Um, I th- I think I think I'm going Sarah Connor. Um, strictly again for that that breakthrough of you know, what a woman can and can't do in film. You know, a- Amy Dunn's character is very, very interesting, but for the majority of the film, it's the damsel in distress. Now, there's the big twist at the end, which you have to take into account, but for 90% of that film, it's, you know, the, my wife's missing, we have to find my wife. Oh, my wife's missing, and, and it's all about Ben Affleck. Well, she's a damsel in distress as far as the police are concerned for 90% of the movie. But as far as we're concerned, it's maybe about 30% of the movie, right? Because she's, like, she's the one missing the first part of it. But, we're like, other than her little narrations, like, we don't really know very much about her, right? Like, it's just, like, every few minutes they'll pepper in, like, I love my husband, and that's about it. But she's not the damsel in distress for most of it as far as we know, right? I guess it depends on how you frame the film when you're watching it. Um, for myself, I I spent the majority of the film thinking that you know Ben Affleck was at fault and it was going to come back that he was he was some sort of you know he had done something to his wife. Yeah. So no, I, I got you. Um, like like because that was my response too. Is when when she's leaving at first, I'm like fuck. She, like he did something that we're not going to find out about till the last twenty minutes, right? Like yeah. that's what I'm thinking. Is I'm like like she's she's waiting to drop a bomb on us here, and. The fact of the matter is, no, like, she was just insanely petty. <laughs> kind of is what happens there, so... Right. <laughs> yeah. No, and like I said, like, the, the twist is everything in that film, but for myself, for most of the film, I, I sat there thinking, like, okay, yeah, the wife's missing. Great. Cool. I, I get it. It's gone, girl. She's missing. I get it. Let's, you know... And then, uh, it's, not, it's not a knock against the film. I love the film. It's just, as far as the character was concerned, I kind of kind of lost a little bit of it and and i've definitely looking back on the film i i i respect the character more post you know post viewing but while you're watching it if you've never seen it for the first time it's it's hard to it's hard to make that argument that it's it's really all that iconic but sarah for me Uh, yeah, I know it would have been a clean sweep for me, but th- this is a really tough one. I think there's a lot of counter-arguments you can make. <coughs> this is one of those ones, if, if you know what I mean, if it were important, we probably could have spent 40 minutes debating it, I think. Uh, or, or I could have, anyway. Like, I, I think there's more of a conversation there. But I am going Sarah Connor. I think um, I think just iconicism, I think, is the the thing that wins out in that matchup for me. Um, you know, um, in, in, in her previous matchup, I think Sarah Connor, very close in terms of iconicism to Mona Lisa Vito, who adds more to that movie. For Amy Dunn, it, like, they're both iconic, but I think um, I think that's kind of their major point. 
right? It's kind of why you uh, you find those characters so interesting when you watch them now. It's the benefit of hindsight, I think, with a, with them a little bit more. Because um, the first time I watched Gone Girl, I didn't really think Amy Dunn is like an amazing character. It's something that becomes more clear to you after you've seen the movie once, and becomes more clear when you've seen the movie a couple of times. Which I know a lot of people who like that movie uh, have seen it more than once. So. Um, yeah, it's it, it's tough. You're, you're we're comparing two different things, but I, I would go Sarah Connor there. I yeah. think you guys are right. I think the sweeps the right call. Fuck this broom is running. Look out of at bristles. us go. Yeah. Um, number three, we've got Hermione Granger from Harry Potter up against Skylar from Goodwill Hunting at eleven. I think it's fun that we're sweeping all these categories too, because it's not like the high seed winning all of them. This isn't like an easy one either. They're sweeping, but we're all in agreement on it's cool. It's cool. Yeah, like a, yeah. a 13 seed's moving on to the yeah. you know, final We eight. got a lot of lower That's, seeds yeah. like doing pretty good here. Um, yeah. You know. I'm... Uh, it's funny. like It's why the bracket format's so interesting to me. Is because like... You can be so behind one in one matchup. And then they get into another matchup. And it's just completely different for me. Uh, I'm probably going to go Skyler here. Um, I, I think by comparison more of an integral character but what i think is different here it, it's tough man because we're comparing a a character who's a child to a, a, a you know what i mean someone in their early 20s and and that is sort of the way that they're based as a character right um skylar i think has a lot more interesting sort of perspectives and um she sort of embodies this woman that's sort of interesting where it's just like she's she's an academic, she's very smart, but she genuinely believes in the idea of making Will his whole self. And I, I, I think that's really interesting. Like, um, it's a it's just a I find her so amazing. Like a, when you watch the movie you want to marry Skylar, I think, in a way, because she's just so supportive and there's just every sort of like category she like checks off the box oh. i think it's yeah. it's incredible to me like she she's such a phenomenal character to me um hermione's more important in her movies like but that that to me is like one of the only few sort of traits where uh i find she has the edge over skylar and it's not a personality trait it's just a evaluation on how those scripts shake out to me so um i'm gonna go skylar with full appreciation for hermione but um the, again this is one where a kid would lose right and like uh, i initially had all of hoover in here from little miss sunshine but like how far can you really take that character in terms of its traits too right like she 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 represents innocence and stuff like that but it it, it sort of is going to get mashed apart in, in other matchups i think because it's kind of hard to compare the the people right that they develop so um i'm going skylar i i yeah i'm going skylar Okay. Um, it's Hermione for me. Uh, if this was one film against one film, I, I think it's Skylar and a walk. But when you're allowed to spend eight films with one character and, and kind of watch where they where they come from and where they go and, and the, the twists along the way, um, it's almost an unfair advantage. Like, we, we talked originally about talk you know tv characters and and it doing a tv character against a movie character is almost impossible because you you fall in love with 
TV characters, you spend so much time with them. You know, they they go on for years. Um, you get attached in different ways than than what you really can do with a, a a film character. No matter how great they are, they're they're around for a couple hours. Maybe you get a couple sequels, but um, because of the books, we get we get eight films of Hermione, and um, I think at the end of the day, like that body of work is just a little bit more impressive as as to what the character does throughout them than than what you get out of Skylar from one film. I, I want to speak to your point really quickly too. I think that's why it would be really interesting to do a TV show bracket, and that's initially what I wanted to do. But it's way harder for us to like. Okay, so um, you know, like, like Bobby Axelrod from Billions. Okay, so just so you guys know, can you guys go and watch five seasons of Billions in preparation right. for this bracket, plus all yeah. the other shows that none of us have ever seen? Right, like, yeah. it, it would have been yeah, so hard 100%. to kind of like sit down and do that. But, but you're right. Like when when you have the opportunity to work with a character over a longer body of time, um, it makes things a lot more interesting. I'll agree with you, f- like fully there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah, so this is a kind of interesting one, and actually, it's kind of like this, the Sarah Connor, Amy Dunn thing, where Sarah Connor is so iconic to the series, just as Hermione Granger is super iconic to the series. Um, like I mentioned earlier, Hermione is the answer for a lot of the problems that the gang faces in, in Harry Potter. That being said, her personality is very flat, it's similar in every movie she doesn't really face a whole lot of adversity i find that really develops her character and there's a lot of chances to do that i feel like in the Um, films for sure yeah in the films i never read the books i yeah i I, I never read the books um there's a very deep uh, racial connotation that hermione is pervy to that that is explained better in the books than the films which was i I felt was a, a major uh, yeah, you, you, they they kind of glossed over that real real quick in well, the films. Which they mentioned, sucks. yeah, the mud the mud blood thing. Like, yeah. I think I think uh, Malfoy chirps her about it once, and she cries, and that's chirps. about it. <laughs> <laughs> like, <laughs> calls her a filthy mud blood. She cries, and then you don't really hear about it too much. <laughs> yeah, after that's about that. it. Yeah, yeah. So I mean, in that sense, like I, I feel like her character in the movies at least isn't really developed as it should be, and. It's it's tough. <laughs> it's tough. I would literally, literally never want to make a movie based on a book. Like if I were a filmmaker, oh, I would you never. Can only lose. I've I've read one book in my entire life that I thought would make a good movie, and they made a movie on it, which was it, which is my favorite book, which is The Road. But it's easy because it's very descriptive. There's not a lot, like, there wouldn't be a lot of, like, <clears throat> plot development and, and dialogue in it. It's very much more like you can just make scenery and stuff like that, right? So I don't know if you guys yeah. have seen that or read the book, but it's like, that's an easy one to make. But if you're making a movie where it's, like, story over time, developing characters, like, it's like, you're going to leave out so much essential shit. Yeah. And you're never yeah, going to make anyone possibly. happy. You barely ever make yourself happy right on it, right? So, like, I would never want to do yeah. that. Mm-hmm. yeah exactly leave out, you're right add... like leaving out something like that is so essential but like to get people into the theaters to <laughs> you know what i mean like <laughs> is that really what they want to see in a movie no it's not but like should they leave it out no they shouldn't leave it out but i guess yeah. they did but it's yeah, exactly and it's i don't know it's, it's tough because it's the harry potter story and you can only fit so much in how much time mm-hmm. do you really spend on hermione granger mm-hmm. but Anyways, um, this is a tough one. I'm going to go with... 
I'm going with Skylar. I'm going with Skylar. Okay. I just I I feel like Hermione is just her character is just a little too shallow, a little too flat, and I think Skylar really really uh, kills it in Goodwill Hunting. You know what's really cool? I didn't know until right now. I looked it up. Uh, my favorite movie and book from Harry Potter is The Prisoner of Azkaban, and the director of the movie was Alfonso Cuarón, which explains why mm. I like the movie so much, probably too. But. There you go. Ooh. Also, the uh, the film in which Hermione is uh, the most important, probably. True. There you go. <laughs> James, um, James still trying to chip away at his case. Yeah. So therefore, <laughs> like, what are you guys idiots? Yeah, the, the dirt is already on the coffin James move on um, <laughs> Mia Wallace at 2 from Pulp Fiction against Daisy Domergue at 10 from The Hateful Eight a couple of Quentin Tarantino ladies oh, going up man. against each other um, that's good fuck how hard was it not to include um, uh, Margot Robbie's from uh, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood wow what a, what a great performance real care, real person though <laughs> I know, right? I know. Yeah. That's what I'm saying. How hard was that to, yeah. to give up? No, that's, that's that was a fun one to kind of evaluate, right? Because we got, on the other side of the bracket, we got a couple Once Upon a Time in Hollywood characters because they're completely fake. You know what I mean? Based, yeah. Like, based on tributes of, of people who existed, but like... Yeah, and then within the same movie, you've got a very real person where it's like, Sharon Tate is... This is not a original portrayal. This is a real no. person based yeah. on who we know she was, right? Yeah, it was, exactly. it was interesting. Yeah. It was an interesting bracket to make, I gotta tell you. I can't believe how fucking long it took, but... Uh, I'll, I'll go first here, because I feel like I'm I'm gonna be outvoted. Uh, I'm going Domergue on this one uh, at uh, at 10. Love both films. Two, two fantastic uh, portrayals, two great characters. Um, but uh, my argument kind of sticks in the last round, in, in that I would I would love to see more Daisy Domergue. Mia Wallace, I, I kind of get my fill. Like, um it'd be nice to maybe say, oh, what did she do, you know, before she was with Marsalis? But, um, you know, do I really need a film about that? No, not really. Do I really need a film about Daisy Darmague? Probably not. But I, I just find the character slightly more interesting in that regard. So I'm, I'm going to give her the vote. Yeah, I'm going with Mia Wallace, on the other hand. Um, I don't know. It's a really tough one, because for a lot of the points you just made, James... But I think uh, at the end of the day, Mia Wallace is is just this perfect kind of uh, piece to bounce back ideas in Pulp Fiction, and and um, I don't know, it, it's it's a tough one for me. Maybe Brutes can uh, give some more in depth ideas. Uh no, well, it's Mia Wallace for me in a cakewalk, just because um, I th- I think lead or supporting that Mia Wallace is m- maybe like one of the most, if not the most, iconic person on this entire bracket. Like, I, I, I just, um, she's one of the few that I still see, you know, Halloween costumes and shit like that, and it's, um, of course it's a very popular movie, but it's not a movie that I assume everyone's ever seen, and, and to go as that for Halloween kind of speaks to how much you, you identify and love the character, which says a hell of a lot for someone who speaks 30 times in the movie maybe you know what i mean like it, it's just yeah. like very a very small part of the movie and yet um yet is probably the person i think of when i think of the movie and and that says something to me i agree to james's point though completely like i i would never ever want to see uh mia wallace referenced or anything 
uh, in another Tarantino movie other than maybe for like a second, like a line, a joke, nothing. I don't want to see her in one. I don't want to see a sequel. If any idiot out there thinks that they can follow up a Tarantino movie with a sequel of their own without him involved, you're an idiot. <laughs> I don't want to see anything like that. You could probably do a movie around Daisy Domergue, though. Like, I, I agree with that. You could do a prequel and make it badass, and it doesn't even need to be Tarantino directing. You could probably make it work. Um, so I agree with that. There's a lot of there's a lot of rehashability into the character, and um, you can make the same argument for Sarah Connor, right? Like, they continue the character going, and, and um, there's something to be said for that. I agree with that, but um, I just think in terms of what makes those characters interesting, Mia Wallace for me, captivates the screen more than Daisy Domergu for a lot of reasons. So, uh, I go Mia Wallace, but I think you made a lot of good points, James. Fair enough. Uh, no shame and lose to Mia, Mia for sure. <clears throat> um, final four here, uh, not the same result as the lead women's uh, side of the bracket. We've got two high seeds, we've got two real low seeds. Uh, we got the one verse thirteen going up uh, in the final four: Princess Leia from Star Wars at one, Sarah Connor from Terminator at thirteen. Um, I guess uh, I don't know. I, I kind of want to defer this one. So if, if either of you have uh, anything to say on this, well, I, I can start then. I guess in the meantime, I'm I'm probably going to go Leia here. I think, I think, I, I am not, I don't mean any disrespect to people that like these movies, but just, the problem is for me is I ha- I don't think I've seen all the Terminators. I've seen a real large portion of them, but they're they're like the Star Wars series in the, in the same sense where it's like they've made, you know, television shows about Sarah Connor, and it's not Linda Hamilton playing it, and it's like, you know, so that, that's got to be separate from this, and, and so it's hard to kind of sit down and and weigh it. But based on what I've seen from the Sarah Connor movies versus Princess Leia, I don't think that Leia adds as much in the long run. But I don't know that for sure. Um, based on what I've seen, my vote would be Sarah Connor, but. I don't know. This is a this is going to be a rare occurrence in this bracket where I'm not completely informed on what I'm weighing. So, um, yeah, it's a, it's a tough one. I would go Sarah Connor though. Fair enough. Yeah, yeah, it is a tough one. They're both really iconic, iconic female supporting uh, actresses. Um, but yeah, to to your point, there, uh, Brutes, the last. The last trilogy to Princess Leia uh, is still very integral, and even up until the, like the last twenty minutes of the last movie that just came out, she is extremely integral. And um, I might save a few arguments because I feel like she's she's coming up, but um, yeah, I just it, it doesn't work without her. And I think I think the way uh, the way Carrie Fisher portrays her is absolutely perfect. So I'm I'm going Princess Leia. Uh, Leia for myself as well. Sarah Connor, obviously, like you said, very, very, very important to the Terminator series. Like, she she is the entire basis of, of the plot line for, for why that takes place, at least in the first film. And then the first film launches the rest of them, and the rest is kind of history. I don't know if Terminator was ever supposed to be, like, a, a series. When you, when you watch that I, first I one... I don't think so, no. Right? Yeah, like, you watch that first one, and... Um, 
it very well could have ended there and, and we all would have been fine. Um, but, um, yeah, I don't know. Like, uh, I, I really love, uh, Linda Hamilton and, and, and what she did with the character and, and, and kind of what the character represents. But at the end of the day, for everything that she represents, Princess Leia, um, I feel does about the same, if not, if not more. Um, so, uh, when they go head to head like that, it's, it's pretty tough and, and I'm going to go, uh, Leia and, and like Mike said, I'm sure there'll be another discussion down the road. Um, so I'll, I'll hang on to that. Um, which leads us to our final two on the supporting actress side of things. Uh, at the two seed, we've got Mia Wallace from Pulp Fiction and at 11, we've got Skylar from Goodwill Hunting. Similar characters, I think. Might not be something that anyone's ever thought about, but I think they I think they have a lot of similar personality traits, these two. Um, you know, their, their lives sort of based around um, relating to other people, I think, and, and it makes them both very human, which um, I, I like them a lot for those reasons. Um, this is kind of a tough one, though, because we are weighing Skylar, who, um, you know, I said she's not as integral you can do the movie without her but the movie is what it is and she kind of stirs the drink of the movie right um whereas mia wallace like it's hard to evaluate her within pulp fiction i think it's easier to kind of you know decide how you feel about most other characters but like arguably the most iconic character in a movie whereas i've said a few times like she's not on screen very much um but I think when it comes down to it, I've seen Pulp Fiction so many times, and I try to space it out when I watch it. I don't think I've watched it more than once in, in a year, but I probably watch it once a year. I still genuinely don't remember what exactly she says at the table, like, word for word or anything like that. It still surprises me every time. I think that scene is new every time I watch it. It's just, it's so fucking good. And, um, Uma Thurman playing that role, like, there's few people that could have done that. I'm gonna go Mia Wallace. It's strictly a personal preference, I think, though. Like, there, there, you could easily go either way. Uh, I won't be upset either way. I, I don't care. Um, I think they're both great. But I'm going Mia, Mia Wallace. Fair enough. Um, it's Mia for me. Um. Yeah, I don't know. Like, I don't, I don't want to say anything. Like, there's, there's no, no real reason to say that she deserves it necessarily over Skylar. If, if anyone wants to go ahead and say Skylar should be there, then that's fine. I can live with that. Uh, I just prefer Mia. That's a personal thing, and and that's where I'm going to leave it. Yeah, uh, that's another clean, clean, clean sweep there, boys. Get get another use of the broom in before we move on to the men. Eh? Might as well. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. All right. I'm telling you, this place is perfect. You're going to make friends in no time. Get me out of here! Here, just eat that! Leave us alone! Nibbling on sponge cake Watching the sun bake all of those tourists covered with oil Strumming my six string On my front porch swing 
Soon it will render 